The world's economies run on their supply chains. Understanding them is the key to keeping global products moving. Welcome to Supply Chain in the Fast Lane, a series of business podcasts co-produced by the Council of Supply Chain Management Professionals and Supply Chain Quarterly. In this initial series of episodes, we explore the current state of logistics. Supply Chain in the Fast Lane is sponsored by Here Technologies. Accelerate your business with spatial intelligence. Today's episode focuses on rail freight. Here is your moderator, Supply Chain Quarterly's Managing Editor, Diane Rand. Welcome everyone, thanks for joining us. Our guest today is Todd Tranowski, Vice President of Rail and Intermodal at FTR Transportation Intelligence, a company that specializes in freight forecasting and analysis for rail, intermodal, and other transportation markets. Todd, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Diane, pleasure to be here. With the pandemic increasing the demand for capacity in all modes of transportation, how specifically has the rail industry responded in the past two years? Well, the railroads have tried to to do what they can to increase capacity, but unfortunately, rail is not as elastic as as truck is. You have a lot of constraints that you in terms of putting new equipment, and particularly new employees, into service. It's a six to nine month process, and so the railroads have done the best they could. They've certainly become tried to become more efficient uh, after implementing PSR prior to the pandemic. It has helped them a little bit, but it certainly hasn't. Uh, hasn't done everything shippers would have wanted coming out of the pandemic. So what would shippers expect to see in terms of rail service issues in 2022 then? Well, it's going to be a struggle. Anybody in rail transportation knows that the last 18 months uh, have certainly been a struggle from the service perspective, and that is going to continue. We've certainly seen it continue uh, to start the year off. Now, the carriers haven't been helped by a lot of winter weather across a lot of the country for the first month of the year. So they didn't, they certainly didn't get an, an easy gimme to start the year, uh, but they, right. but service has been at or below five-year average levels, really starting back February of 2021, all the way through now. And it is something that the carriers are gonna continue to, to fight for the next several months. And because it predated the weather, it's not gonna magically uh, improve when the weather gets warmer, it's going to be a longer term process than that. If you look at the report that the Surface Transportation Board publishes in terms of rail employment, uh, you'll notice they are a pretty much a flat line over the last six to eight months. Even though the railroads are trying to hire, uh, it's a hard thing to do in the current labor market. And so railroads are trying, uh, they're not being particularly successful. And even once they start to hire, it takes six to nine months to get a new operating employee qualified and trained and productively moving freight. So if you're a rail shipper, unfortunately, the news is not great for rail service. You're going to to be in this cycle that you're in of extended cycle times, of high dwell times, lower than you would like velocities, really through at least the first half of the year, possibly longer. And, you know, speaking of labor, you know, I know more people are back at work and unemployment numbers are lower. But has rail, you know, seen a dramatic shift in its workforce in the past year? Have people transitioned to other jobs and not come back? Or have they seen an uptick in 
it, you know, people looking to get into the business. And, and I know that the cycle time from when you hire to when someone can fully function in that position is, you know, six to nine months, as you said. I was just curious how unemployment and has worked in labor for rail in the past year. Well, that's a great question, Diane. You know, more people being back at work, unemployment numbers being low have actually been a little bit of an issue for the railroads. Okay. As you start to look for people because of how the railroads cut back both during the pandemic and before the pandemic as they implemented precision schedule railroading in 2019 and the early part of 2020 before COVID-19 really became you know, a common, common phrase for everyone, uh, they furloughed an awful lot of people. And because the economy is so good, because people are going back to work with the unemployment rate low, those folks that the carriers furloughed aren't there to pick up the phone when the carriers call them and invite them back to work. They've gone into manufacturing, they've gone into construction, they've gone into other, other industries that have more desirable uh, work-life balances, that have uh, more desirable really outcomes in terms of being home every night, not being really on call for days at a time, particularly uh, with the employees who were who had low seniority, who were still maybe on the extra board, who were still living a life of, of being on call, uh, they went and found something more predictable in manufacturing and construction where they have predictable hours, predictable days. They don't have to go out in all kinds of weather and walk a two-mile freight train. And so the, the booming economy, the unemployment being low, is great for rail volume. It's not so great for the railroads in terms of their employment situation. And that's one of the reasons why the railroads have a hard have had a hard time improving or increasing the number of operating employees on their network over the last six months. It's been pretty much a flat line because the railroads are trying to hire along with everybody else. And even though the railroads are a good paying job for uh, for high school graduate employees, uh, they're not the only game in town. And folks have gone for uh, other industries where they have a little bit more work-life balance and are home every night. I mean, this is definitely a trend that we've seen everywhere, not just in, you know, logistics or supply chain. I know it's across all, you know, markets these days. So I was just curious how how it, you know, shook out for, for rail if they were seeing the same impact. Um, in your article for our 2021 State of Logistics issue, uh, which was published last September, you predicted that rail service issues would likely continue to be top of mind in 2022 and beyond. So what other trends do you see affecting the rail industry as we move further into the year? The, the biggest thing going into the year is going to be slower than expected volume growth and regulatory response. The volumes have started January. They started the year uh, very weak. They've started the year at or below where they finished the year for most commodity groups. That's not a great sign. That suggests that shippers are, are voting with their freight and where they can, uh, moving into other modes, moving into truck, moving into to other, other ways of doing things. I think we're going to continue to see congestion and service be an issue, but also the regulatory response. So it's going to be a very active year at the Service Transportation Board. And I would encourage shippers who maybe don't pay attention to the STB on a regular basis, put it on your docket to focus on this year. They have a very heavy agenda. They already had a one public hearing last month. They have one another this week. They have one coming up in March about issues that are really going to affect shippers around 
mergers in New England around the effect of passenger rail service on capacity, the effect also of reciprocal switching that shippers have championed for over a decade now. There are several other uh, changes that are in the proposed rulemaking uh, process at the agency. It is something that shippers really are going to have to pay attention to. You have a very active STB. You have an STB that wants to make changes uh, to the railroad shipper relationship economically to make it more accessible, particularly for small shippers, for manifest shippers. So I think shippers really need to pay attention to the STB. I think the regulators are going to be with us uh, throughout the year and into 2023. And folks are going to have to lean forward and get involved to make sure that their interests are represented as we go forward. Absolutely. Great advice. Um, I think lastly, I just wanted to touch on how the president signed into law in mid-November the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act. I'm just curious, how will this infrastructure bill impact the rail industry? Do you have any insight on that? Sure, sure. Thank you, Diane. There are really, really two main ways. Now, freight rail in itself was not the focus of the bill. So most of it was really around passenger rail, was around passenger service. Now, that has an effect. That's something that the freight rail needs to watch because in most cases, that additional passenger service is going to go on lines that today carry mostly freight or exclusively freight. And so that's going to be capacity that's going to need to allocate it to passenger operations that's going to take capacity out of the freight system. So that's going to be something that shippers are going to need to watch. And the other big pot of money that, that came through that bill was the Section 130 program, the, the grade crossing program, the highway grade crossing program, which uh, doesn't sound like it affects freight directly, uh, but it does. To the extent that you can eliminate grade crossings, make grade crossings safer, you have less incidents, you have uh, fewer delays, you have additional capacity in the freight system. So those are sort of the two areas where the infrastructure bill touched freight rail uh, directly and have has the potential to have a dramatic impact on how shippers move their freight across the system reliably and safely. Well, thank you so much, Todd, for being with us today. We really appreciate your time and your expertise, and uh, we hope you have a wonderful day. Today, we've been talking with Todd Tronowski, Vice President of Rail and Intermodal at FTR and Transportation Intelligence, and this has been Supply Chain in the Fast Lane. Supply Chain in the Fast Lane is a co-production of the Council of Supply Chain Management Professionals and Supply Chain Quarterly. This episode has been brought to you by Here Technologies. Accelerate your business with spatial intelligence. We encourage you to subscribe to Supply Chain in the Fast Lane wherever you get your podcasts.